from 87 Lafayette is Coronapod. I'm Matt. And I'm Adam. All right, Adam, I'm excited. We've got two pointy objects here. They're not kitchen utensils. Although I will say I have, I really paired back my kitchen utensil purchasing, but I did find myself on a restaurant supply store website yesterday and um, almost did some things I regret, but you are correct. We have two thermometers here. They are not the kitchen thermometer that I bought last week. Um, and it's been very helpful. These are human thermometers. Mm. And if we have human thermometers, uh, I think our audience at this point should know what that means. It's time for... Temp check. Temp check, let's do it. What do you got? I got 96.9. Which? 96.3. That's low, but you that know- That is what, very low. You know what the important thing is? Despite what Cool and the Gang are saying, they are not they're too not hot. Too, almost like- Too low. Yeah, I'm, I'm a little bit- Too con- low. Too low. Yeah, that that's honestly a little bit concerning. I think you probably didn't have it. We're not healthcare professionals, but- yeah, this is not a medical show. But if it happens we again, if it MDs. happens again, we get Pacti. We tell Pacti. Maybe I'm not leaving it in long enough. I, think, I don't know. I think that's probably correct. We will have Pacti come and take your temperature. I feel like that should that's be how a we'll running gag the, the whole time. But you know. So what? What else is going on, Adam? Tell me what else is new. What's going on? Uh, parents dropped off some delicious tamales today. I, you know, I was really disappointed. 7.45 this morning, I ran into your room as you were on the phone with the tamale guy. I said, Adam, I want to put in an order for some tamales. I want some black bean tamales, the only vegetarian ones. And no black bean tamales. I got some good news for you, though. What's that? My mom. The reason there were no black bean or cheese tamales is that my parents had ordered all of them. All of them. All of them. <laughs> so my parents my parents did a little swap and there are some in the freezer for you, so we can do that. Yeah, Ooh. the issue is, I think my parents called and they were saying, hey, we wanna pick up some tamales. And they were like, great, we close early on Wednesdays so we can make tamale. I don't think that when my mom called up, they realized that she was gonna buy over a hundred tamales at nine in the morning on a Thursday. So when I called to make my order this morning, the guy said, do you know who's picking them up? Like, can you call them and tell them they won't be ready until 10? So I called my mom. <laughs> And I was like, Mom, the guy just told me to like get in touch with you because they're not going to be re- ready until 10. And she was like, okay, you just made it. We were about to get in the car and drive. So that worked out. So feel good about that. They dropped off some vanilla beans, which I haven't been able to source in this neighborhood. So I'm going to make some amazing vanilla ice cream. My two loaves of sourdough came out really well. I traded half of those, half of the loaf for some banana bread for someone who couldn't get any uh, bread around here. Well, like... Bread, bread. They can make banana bread. So I'm feeling mm. good. I'm feeling good. Just finished work. It was a late night, but did some interesting stuff. Um, and I'm going to read a book tonight and just, just chill. Mm. How about you? Uh, you had a, a long workout. 
long workout today, uh, which was good. Spending a lot of time on my bike, um, and that's been that's been nice. Just getting ready for my uh, my dream of one day completing one of these crazy ultra endurance cycling events where you ride for like two hundred miles or something and uh, really go to a, a special place in your head. Um, bunch of work today. And like you, I think after this, I'm going to say, you know what? I'm going to stop work for the night and read my book. I just started White Noise by Don DeLillo, and I'm really enjoying it. <clears throat> Highly recommend to anyone who is in search of a book. I don't know what book to start. I've got, I've got some options. I finished my book last night, picked up a new book. But fell asleep before I could start it. So I've got I've got some thinking to do before I start reading. But I'm very. It's always a good picking up a new book is like such a, a nice feeling. Great feeling. Such so. a nice feeling. Um, well, I think it's time for us to go to our guest. I'm really excited to play this interview. We actually recorded it a couple of days ago. I know we're getting so so prepared, so fancy. Yeah. Um, but this is good. That means to our to our listeners out there, if you want to come on the Corona Pod, we can accommodate your schedule. Now that we you know have figured out now this that we whole... figured out how to use GarageBand. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so again, happy to talk to anyone. Do we have we have? I don't think we have any interviews planned. There's one interview I'm trying to schedule about virtual dating. Um, yeah, so that is dating. Over the internet. That is not imaginary dating, right? These are real people having a real relationship. It just happens virtually. So I'm hoping to get that scheduled and then let us know what you guys want to hear. We'll make it happen. Yeah. Listeners, or maybe listener, one person who's made it thus far, if you want to come on Coronapod, we are all ears. All right. Let's play the interview. Let's roll the tape. Hey, Zach. Welcome to Coronapod. Thank you, Matt. It is a delight to be on the Coronapod today. How are you doing? I'm good. You know, it's, a, it's an honor to have you here, Zach. Thank you so much for joining Hello. us. Well, we, you know, it, is, it feels about an honor to be here. I'm, I'm, really, I'm really pleased. So, Zach, tell our listeners a little bit about who you are and what you do. So maybe tell us a little bit more about that. What has it been like to go from teaching math and computer science in a classroom to teaching it online? And what have you learned in the past three weeks? Yeah, sure. Uh, you know, I think the initial thing that I, that I learned was to, to just really to, to kind of change my expectations um, of my students, um, it's only because not only is there 
a, a limitation on how much a student can get done on their own at their home, um, likely in their bed um, when they're when you know when they're working as opposed to what they can do at school. But also, uh, there's this whole emotional piece that kids are dealing with right now. You know, they're away from their friends, they're surrounded by their family all day long. Um, and if you know, if you remember anything like, like what it's like to be a teenager, like you know, away from your friends and with your family all day, uh, you know be like kind of awkward and emotionally stifling in the worst circumstances you know it's putting kids in, a, in an environment where they can't really learn as well and so I, I kind of had to really lower my expectations of what you know what I was trying to accomplish this year with, with my students and I'm glad that I did I think an issue that a lot of teachers are dealing with right now is that they're trying to still do school but at home and I'm trying to instead do uh or, 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 you know, instead of trying to do school online, I'm trying to do online school, which feels like a, you know, I feel like they're two different things. And so what exactly does that mean? What what are you doing differently? What what are the different expectations yeah. that you now have? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, um, let's see, I, I think the, 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 the biggest change, and, and perhaps the most exciting one, is that I, I was able to approach teaching, um, you know, this, this, this new this new style of teaching uh, straight from, from my students' perspective. Like, you know, um, for example, during our, you know, during a normal school day at our school, which is, you know, gorgeous. It's so nice living in California after spending the last seven years in places with winter. But, um, uh, you know, students only have certain times where they can meet with teachers. You know, there's maybe a half-hour block at 10.30 or they could come in early to school or they could stay late. But now, you know, teaching online school, I can, I can meet with students whenever, whenever they need it, and whenever I feel that I, that I can offer it. And so before, you know, we had these these hours in the schedule that we played by. But now, uh, you know, going into this, I was able to reach out to my students and say, "Hey, like, when are you free? When do you learn best? When would it be helpful for you to meet with me?" Um, and it's funny, we talk so much about, you know, education, about uh, being student-centered, but it feels in some ways that, like, this is the first time that, like, from the ground up, I can design what I'm doing with my kids around my kids. With, with that in mind and how kind of, like, you're trying to see the positive here, are, do, are you getting as much done? Have you kind of scaled back what your goals are, or are you trying to aim for kind of the same result that you would get in June when, you know, your students would go away for the summer? Or are you like, yeah. you know what, let's, let's I, I, I guess the, the phrasing I've heard is, you know, sometimes you teach and sometimes you enrich. And is the idea here like that you are still trying to teach new content, or are you just trying to enrich the existing content that you've already taught? How are you kind yeah, of approaching that's, that? That's a great question. Um, I, you know, I've been watching a lot of Top Chef in the last couple of weeks, and I, I feel that there, there's a moment on the most recent episode I watched that kind of speaks to this. Um, in which a chef, like, uh, you know, they thought that they had, like, 45 minutes, and they made all this beautiful pasta dough, and they're about to make a ravioli when they found out that they only had, like, 10 minutes left. And, um, and they had this choice, you know, am I still going to try to make the ravioli even though I don't have enough time left, or am I just going to make some other pasta dish? Um, and, of course, he tried to make the ravioli, and it was disgusting, and he lost. Um, 
And my goal right now is not to make ravioli. Yes, you know, I, I set up all of these different different things that are building toward a goal in my math and CS classes this year, but given the fact that there's less, less time we're doing things differently, I think it's foolish just to strive for the same goal. Um, and so, no, you know, I've totally changed course. I had this whole final project I was excited to do with my programming kids. We've been building toward it all year. Their final project was to build a game on their own. But, you know, and, uh, and that would have been very meaningful, but at the end of the day, it's not possible right now. And even though I could spend some time, you know, being sad that that's not happening, and I did, but, you know, the goal is for them to learn, and I'm not, not going to let something that I'm disappointed about get in the way of that. Yeah, so it's it's making sure that you fulfill to the greatest degree possible students' capacity to learn. And like your capacity to teach is undiminished, right? But like it is just harder to try to like get things into kids' brains essentially. So you you scale back to kind of meet meet what's possible. Yes, I would say if I'm going to be, you know, if I'm going to be really specific, the greatest challenge with students right now isn't their conceptual ability to understand, you know, new things like they're with them just because they're at home. And it's not their ability to get things done. I have some kids who are actually getting a little bit more done now that they have a bit more space to concentrate. I think the greatest challenge is communication. And this is something that teachers and students across the country are struggling with right now. Um, Honestly, I think the biggest piece is that a lot of teachers don't understand what it's like to be a student right now. If you're a student right now, and like, if you're in high school with six different classes, you got two emails from a teacher every day, you'd have to wade through like 12, 15 extremely important emails every single day. And a lot of the students who are doing that don't really read particularly well. And so there's this whole entire challenge right now of just like communicating with students, helping them understand what's expected of them to like guide them to the point where they even under, understand what's being asked. Once you get to that point, the conceptual challenge and you know, teaching new topics, be it, you know, for loop or logarithm, is is no less or more challenging than it was before. It's just the communication is really tough. So Zeg, you've been an educator now for a few years and you've been planning to be an educator a lot longer than that, really, I think, as long as I've known you, which is is many years now, how has this changed your perception of, of what it means to be an educator and and what it means for you specifically to be an educator? Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, that's, I, I think that's kind of the, the, the big question that, you know, every every teacher you know in America can, can ask themselves right now. Unless they have their kids of their own, because someone who has to teach and then also has to teach their own kids has no time. So I don't blame them for not reflecting. Um, but I don't have kids, and so I've had time to think about it. I, you know, I think for education in general, something that's really cool that's happening right now is that we're seeing all sorts of possibilities that were just initially dismissed, um, or that no one really even thought to you know bring to our schools. Um, you know, for example, we're seeing all that is possible for students to learn from home. And I, I can see this being enduringly helpful um, when, it, when students come back um, to prevent the, the, the spread of illness, even just, you know, the common cold. 
now that we've had so much practice with, uh, you know, conducting classes via, you know, video calls and distributing um, assignments via something like Google Classroom or other online learning systems, it makes me think that, you know, there could very easily be protocols that schools can follow to have kids who are well enough to learn but sick enough to be infectious call into school, do virtual school for a day or a week until they're ready to come back. And that's just one of you know, all the different applications of, uh, of, of distance learning that I think people are going to, uh, to be able to see incorporated into school once, we, uh, you know, once kids come back on campus. And, and what about for you in particular? You know, how does, does this change how you think about your career as an educator? I think it absolutely does. You know, I think I, uh, you know, thinking about this just uh, on Thursday, I, um, I was home in Los Angeles with my family, but I just got back up here to the day. Luckily, it's the, the drive I can do without coming within six feet of any other human being. Um, I was driving up to 101, I was reflecting on kind of my practice and, um, with my distance classrooms and where it's been right now. And, um, something that really struck me was, was how much I, I, I missed my students. Um, and, you know, this, is, this emotional piece, some, some teachers talk about it, some teachers don't. And I'm sure that they feel it to varying degrees, but there is you know, within the best teachers, I think there is an emotional attachment to the work. It's emotional work. And to not be able to connect with my students on a deep level anymore is, in some ways, it's pretty heartbreaking. Um, Especially because, I, you know, I'm of the belief that, yeah, I want my kids to learn some math and computer science, but the most important thing that they will get out of my class is their own sense of academic identity, the feelings that they get toward what what they study. If a kid comes out into my class feeling like they're not a math person and comes out of it feeling like they are a math person and that math is important and accessible and a tool that they can use in their lives, then I've done my job. That is the most important thing. And it's been, it's been helpful to have that, that emotional, relational piece laid so bare for me to see. And without it, I, you know, I have to admit the work that I've done in the last few weeks, while intellectually, you know, stimulating, is it, emotionally draining. It doesn't feel as meaningful, and because it feels less meaningful, it helps me understand why the teaching that I was doing before we left was meaningful. And I guess, you know, as I think about the work that I do in, you know, the years to come, you know, when we, uh, you know, next year in Jerusalem, when we, like, actually go back into our classroom. I am of the, you know, the belief that you know, if, if I've done this period right, I'll be going into my classroom with even more respect and attention toward the relationships that I'm building with those students. It really is the most important thing. I imagine that when this process started, there was a feeling that it was temporary. And that yeah. some of what you were losing, your, your connection with your students that's so valuable, was something that it was temporary, right? We can survive this break. We'll be back in April. We'll be back in May. We'll, we'll rebuild yeah. these connections. Now that it's permanent, what have, you, have you tried to do anything differently to kind of make up for what you thought you could kind of 
connect at the end of the year or were you doing everything you could before um, and it's just becoming increasingly apparent how, you know, in-classroom matters? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a great question. It makes me think I... Little did I know, but on our very last day of, of classes before we left, um, I, uh, one of my pre-calc students, this kid who always, who always asks all the questions, he talks all the time, he's, he's really sweet. Um, I'll just make up a name for him. We'll say his name is Alex. At the end of class, he, he raises his hand. I'm like, yeah, Alex, what's going on? He said, I just want everyone to look around the room because this might be the last time we'll see each other. And at the time, you know, we all giggled. And I was like, thank you, Alex. Yes, let's, let's take a moment, be around each other. And I had no idea that would be the last time that we'd all be in the room together. Um, and I, I just thought, you know, it was so funny that this kid was just pressing enough to realize that, you know, perhaps he could take, see a glimpse of the future and know that we wouldn't be, uh, we wouldn't be together again. Um, but I also felt like that moment kind of showed me that, like, you know, there was already community there. And, I, you know, I feel lucky that this is happening at the end of the year rather than at the beginning of the year because the community that I already built in the class is, you know, pours over to the digital side. It doesn't feel as intimate, and it certainly isn't as, uh, it doesn't feel as, as, as meaningful, but it is still there. And, you know, there are little tricks that, that I use, and I think that every teacher, you know, that has the privilege of doing online video calls with their students that can use to build community, in, you know, in a virtual classroom. It's still, it's still entirely possible. Mm. Well, Zach. For example, yeah. No, sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, you know, for example, there are all sorts of things that, you know, where you can let kids lead the way to create community online, be it, you know, if you're doing a Zoom classroom, I'll have kids decide what the theme of the class will be, and then everyone changes their Zoom background to something around that theme. You know, be it like a, a movie that they'll have seen, you know, okay, everyone has their favorite character from Ratatouille as their background or something like that. You know, just silly stuff like that, but it's possible. You know, it's possible for kids to bring themselves into the class and make it a community when you're doing it in person. It's possible when you're doing it digitally, too. It's just a question of how much you're listening to the, to the students and how creative you want to be. Got it. Got it. Well, Zach, thank you so much for coming on the podcast, but thank you also for everything that you're doing for your students. Well, I appreciate it. It's not every day that you get to uh, that you get to be a guest on a, uh, a Pulitzer-winning um, you know podcast. I, I didn't even know that podcasts could win the Pulitzer. Uh, so, <laughs> Yeah, uh, if if the Pulitzers are given out by our grandparents, uh, then in, <laughs> then in that case, maybe. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thanks so much, Zach. I'll talk to you soon. Talk to you soon. Bye. All right, Adam. So tell me, what else is on your mind? I think I'm both glad I'm not in school and probably more glad I'm not a teacher. Yeah. But you are going to be in school soon. Yeah. I, I was talking with a friend. If, uh, if the schools are still remote, I'm going to try to defer. 
and my friends said they would do the same. Um, and that would just be like a complete and utter headache for everyone. You know, we probably should get someone from a university or something like that on the podcast to talk but about But I feel that. like... I think that would be good. They can't give any answers, right? I well, think they'll, yeah, they they'll don't know stall yet. as long as they can, but it's going to be interesting, uh, which is how I feel we, we end a lot of these shows, but... Yeah, definitely. I feel like we need to kind of work on our, our closing. I never really know what to say, but anyway, listeners, we'll see you tomorrow night. And we're going to have a great guest. TBD who, who it is. Could be you. Could be you. Give us a call. We'll talk to you soon. Must have a code That you can live by And so Become yourself Because the past Is just a goodbye Children well, their father's help did slowly go by. This has been Chronopod. Thanks for listening. Until next time, stay healthy. The one they fix, the one you know by. Don't you ever ask them why if they told you. Coronapod is brought to you by Momo the Cat. Follow her at Momo underscore is underscore a underscore cat.